Welcome to Route 66, a podcast taking you on a theological journey. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with five to seven minutes of spiritual nourishment from one of the 66 books of the Bible, or from the robust heritage of Reformed theology. I am your host, Pastor Anthony Savaggio of the Rochester Christian Reformed Church, located in Penfield, New York, and I am pleased that you have chosen to join me on this journey down Route 66. In the past two episodes, we have seen how Jesus, through the Lord's Prayer, inaugurated a revolution regarding how we pray. He changed the entire approach to prayer by calling us to keep it private and keep it simple. He also brought a revolution to the language of prayer by using the Aramaic word Abba, or Father, to commence his prayer. By that simple act, he made clear that there is no sacred language of prayer for Christians. In today's episode, we discuss the third and final aspect of the revolution that Jesus brought to prayer, and that is our relationship to God in prayer. Now, take three deep breaths. Quiet your heart and mind. Let the anxiety and concerns of this day be tucked away in a remote corner of your brain. And just listen, listen to the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, New International Version. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The significance of Jesus' employment of the word Abba in the Lord's Prayer is not limited to the fact that it was an Aramaic word. The significance is much deeper than that. Many of the ancient Jewish prayers that were common during the ministry of Jesus began by addressing God with titles that emphasized God's relationship with the patriarchs, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Sometimes they emphasized God's relationship with Israel as a nation, God as the Redeemer of Israel, or the Builder of Jerusalem. Sometimes they emphasize God's attributes, God as the Blessed One or Holy One. 
And then there are a few references, and very few, to God being the Father of Israel. Among all of these options, Jesus chose to teach us to address God in prayer with the title, Our Father. And that choice had a revolutionary impact on how we view our relationship to each other and to God. It had both a horizontal and a vertical impact. Let me explain what I mean. First, on a horizontal level, when we pray this prayer, we are reminded that we all pray together, communally, to our Father. We do not pray to my Father, we pray to our Father. And by doing so, we are reminded that we are in a family, that we need each other. William Willimon puts it this way, The hour reminds us that we cannot pray without friends, end quote. By calling God our Father, as opposed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus also tore down the wall of race and ethnicity. God was no longer restricted to being the God of Israel, or any nation for that matter. He is now our Father. Ken Bailey puts it this way, There is no racial or historical insider and outsider with the word Abba, end quote. He is right. The word is all-inclusive. On the vertical side of things, we learn about how we relate to God as a Father in heaven. In the Old Testament, there are some comparisons to God as a Father, but these are in simile form. God is like a Father. Consider, for example, Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. But Jesus does not use a simile here. He uses a title. God is not simply like a father to us. He is properly called our father. That was revolutionary. Now, we need to be careful here because a wrong way to deal with the privilege of calling God our father is to end up reducing God to the equivalent of a human father. The idea here is not to define God in human terms. Jesus makes this clear in the only place that he really develops the idea of what God is like as our father, the parable of the prodigal son. This parable proves that God is not the equivalent of an earthly human father because the shocking part of the parable is that the father, who depicts God, of course, does things that were totally contrary to what was expected from an earthly father in that time. Jesus also directs us away from God as an earthly father by the words which follow our father, that is, in heaven. The title is not about human fatherhood, and it's not about human gender. Our heavenly father is distinct from all such conceptions. We must never domesticate God. He must always be our father in heaven. Again, William Willimon is very helpful here. Listen to what he has to say, quote, just to pray to a God who is in heaven is a warning against contemporary domestication of God. Here is God who is not some pale image of ourselves and our best aspirations. This God doesn't live here in our country, is not housed within our sanctuaries. God the Father rules from heaven. So don't be confused by some Christian talk about, quote, a personal relationship with Jesus, end quote, as if this were the whole point of the Christian faith, to get cozy and comfy with God. The God whom we address with the intimate Father is also in heaven. The God revealed in the Jew from Nazareth, Jesus, is the God who moves the sun and the stars, end quote. He is right on with that quotation. So, in another of Christianity's many paradoxes, God is both very near to us as our Father, He knows us, He loves us, He cares for us, but He's also a quantum leap apart from us, 
because he is our Father in heaven. He is approachable, but yet must be approached with a recognition of his majesty, glory, and holiness. Jesus brought a revolution to our relationship to each other and to God through the Lord's Prayer. Now, beloved, knowing these things, I want to encourage you right now to pause. I mean, literally pause the podcast and pray. Pray to our Father in heaven. Pray to a God who is in relationship with you, who loves you and cares for you. Grace and peace to you. Amen. That concludes today's episode. I hope you have found encouragement in God's Word and in the teachings of Reformed theology. Remember the words of the prophet Isaiah who reminds us, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God will stand forever. If you would like more information about Rochester Christian Reformed Church, or if you would like to listen to my online sermon library, please go to rochestercrc.org. Thank you.